I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Off the Pike, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in president select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Welcome into Off the Pike. I'm Brian Barrett. Emergency edition after this news breaking last night about Ime Adoka and into today. So right now it's 107 Eastern time as we record this. So we're going to get to everything that has transpired so far in terms of the news and where this stands. And as we get updates with this story, we'll certainly pop back on and react to that because obviously there's many more layers to the story that are about to come. So let's start at the beginning of this before we get into sort of the implications of what this means for the Celtics going forward. So first of all, there's this burner Twitter account out there, which everybody is speculating who that could possibly be. But the point being, there's a Twitter account last night that tweets out, if there's one person who will never get fired for sleeping around, it's Ime Adoka. Okay, so that thing is out there. And then an hour after that tweet, you have the report from Woj. So Adrian Wojnarowski, of course, from ESPN, reports that ESPN sources, Boston Celtics head coach Ime Adoka is facing possible disciplinary action, including a significant suspension for an unspecified violation of organizational guidelines. Discussions are ongoing within the Celtics on a final determination. Okay, and by the way, in this tweet, I don't know why his face is in this tweet. I don't know why that was part of the equation. I have no fucking idea why he had to put that picture in the tweet. I'm sure it's not him, but I don't know why they put a picture of him up there. He follows that tweet up with, Udoka led the Celtics to the Eastern Conference Championship at a berth in the NBA Finals against the Golden State Warriors in his first season as head coach. Again, this is another part of the tweet or the follow-up tweet. I don't know why he's putting what Ime did last year. Everybody knows that. But the point is, he reports something and he puts it out there that is very vague right after that tweet comes out from the Burner Twitter account, if you will. So we really don't know much from the tweet from Adrian Orzhodorowski, just that something is coming down the line here. So then you get the report last night from Shams, where I don't know if you're like me last night. 
I see this from Woj, and I'm like, what the hell could this possibly be? What's going on? Because we see that it's a Celtic situation. It's not a situation with the league. So immediately you rule out, okay, it can't be Kevin Durant, right? Because that was my initial thought when I see Emay's in trouble. I'm like, oh, shit, it must be tied to the Kevin Durant situation. But clearly it can't be the Durant situation because it's coming from the Celtics and it's not coming from the league. So then you're waiting. And I'm sure you're like me, you're sitting around, you're like, what the hell's going on? And then Shams actually breaks the story where he says Celtics coach Ime Adoka had an improper, intimate and consensual relationship with a female member of the team staff. Sources tell the athletic and stadium it's been deemed a violation of the franchise's code of conduct. Okay, so then we know something is going on in terms of Ime having an affair with somebody that works for the organization. So that's the big news. That's the juicy news that breaks last night. So then we're waiting until this morning to see what the punishment could possibly be. Wodes then reports this morning, Boston Celtics head coach Ime Adoka likely facing a suspension for the entire 2022-2023 season for his role in a consensual relationship with a female staff member, sources tell ESPN. A formal announcement is expected as soon as today. So we get word basically from Wodes that at some point the Celtics are going to announce that Ime is going to be suspended for the entire season. Then you get the follow-up that assistant coach Joe Mazzula is likely to become Boston's interim head coach for the season. Sources tell ESPN. Okay, we'll get to Mazzula in a little bit here in that whole decision in terms of why he's the guy. But you get that news from Woj. Chris Mannix follows that up. Ime Adoka has considered the possibility of resigning. Sources told SI Now. Internally, coaches and staff members are bracing for the likelihood that Udoka will be suspended for one year for having a relationship with a female staffer. Okay. Then Mark Spears reports, for those speculating and curious about the Celtics situation, Vice President of Player Development and Organizational Growth, Allison Feaster, is not in this. And remember, unfortunately, her picture was surfacing all over social media yesterday and this morning, which quite frankly is irresponsible that that was happening, where people are so quick to try to figure out what the heck's happening, who could it possibly be, and it turns out from Mark Spears of ESPN, from his reporting, that it isn't Allison Feaster. So I feel horrible for her that her name's been out there for the past, I don't know, less than 24 hours, say 12, 13 hours or so, when this situation has been going on. So we do know that. So where we stand right now, and we're still waiting, and we'll get more information, and like I said, we'll continue to update you on this story. But where we stand right now, it looks like Ime is going to be gone for the season. It's either going to be him resigning, he's going to get a year suspension, One of those two things is going to happen. So that brings us to the whole situation in terms of the one year. And here's the thing about this whole story is there's obviously a lot more that we don't know yet. So it's very difficult to try to interpret everything that has happened so far and have a definitive take one way or the other in terms of what the punishment actually is right now, because we don't know everything, all the nuts and bolts of the story. And I'm sure we'll find out some more stuff, but how much are we possibly going to find out in the next 24 hours or so? We're going to be waiting on that information. So the whole idea, it's all speculation right now. So if it's one year, it seems like, okay, that would be sort of a heavy price, right? If you're just looking at it in terms of the result of the decision that it appears the Celtics are going to make, but you have to factor in, maybe did he lie about the situation? We don't have all the details as of right now, right? So it does seem odd that it'd be a one-year suspension and not a firing, right? That does it, it doesn't really add up. So we have to get more information here in terms of what exactly happened. Okay. And then there's a lot that goes into this whole situation in terms of, well, what does one year mean for the organization without Ime, right? So Joe Mazzula, we'll get into him in greater detail here, but 
what if he wins the title, right? <laughs> like, look, it looks like the Celtics are going to take a step back. They don't have Ime Adoka, but he's really good last year. We cannot underplay how well he coached this team and how much he meant to this team. But what if Missoula's like really good and they win the NBA championship and Ime's suspended for only a year? Does he automatically get his job back? Would it make sense to bring Ime back if that was the hypothetical that Missoula's really good at the job? So there are a lot of questions going forward in terms of what that one-year suspension or if he resigns. I mean, I guess this question doesn't really mean anything, but if it is a suspension, what that means going forward. Okay, and then you look at sort of the Ime impact on all this, right, and what he meant to the team last year. And sort of the question marks now you have going forward without that guy here. First of all, we know he got to Tatum, right? He was really at the front and center of Tatum's jump this season. So you look at Tatum finally got north of six free throws per game this year. I'd like that to get up to seven, but still pretty good. He turned into an elite defender, held opponents to 36% shooting in terms of isolation possessions. He was elite. We know what he did to Durant, four of 17, nine turnovers when he was the primary defender in the NBA Finals, or excuse me, in the first round of the playoffs. I don't know why I said the NBA Finals, but the first round of the playoffs. So Tatum improves, and he wasn't afraid to call out Tatum. Remember, during the playoffs, he said he's hunting fouls instead of going and finishing. He also said this to Tatum earlier on in the season. These guys aren't your older brother. Don't treat them like that. So he's one of the guys that really got it into Tatum. Hey, you're one of the best players in the league. You need to start acting like it, right? After that loss to the Blazers, it was the 21st of January. I remember this vividly because it was a Friday night. Tatum sucked. He couldn't hit anything. After the game, Ime doesn't hold back. He comes out. He says, what are you doing if your shot is not falling? Okay. Prior to those comments, he was averaging 3.8 assists per game. Post comments, 5.2 assists per game. So he got to Tatum. The best player on the Celtics got significantly better playing for Ime. Now, probably he takes a step forward last year anyway, but you can't diminish what Ime did for him. Also, made the move to make Smart the point guard. Now, part of that, of course, is Brad as well, because they traded away the black hole that was Dennis Schroeder. I mean, that guy would not pass the ball. But Smart moves to point guard. Post move, he averages 6.9 assists per game pre 5.4. And they got smart to stop taking crazy shots all the time. Now, he would go back to that in the postseason a little bit. But you get the point. That was a big organizational move because what it did, and this is part of the third part of how good Ime was, it made them the best defense in the league because your point guard was who would become the defensive player of the year. Now, it's a whole different discussion if he deserved that award. But nonetheless, you get the point. The guy was an elite defensive player, and your smallest player is a six foot four point guard that's an elite defender. And your defense got better because of the move to Marcus Smart moving to point guard on the offensive side of things. So all these moves that he may made, inspiring Tatum, the move with Smart, making this defense the best in the league last season, the scheme of switching everything, having the faith that Al Horford could do it. And most of all, he would call guys out. And that's what was missing in the Brad Stevens era, where Brad at the end, the voice got stale. Brad's a very smart guy. We all know this. But you have to acknowledge that they were not listening to Brad Stevens at the end, right? And it did feel like the other part of this is they needed somebody to sort of make a pecking order and a hierarchy with the organization in terms of whose team it was. And it was not going to happen organically with Brad. It needed to be definitively defined, and Ime did that. Okay, so that's sort of what he brought to the team and what they're now missing. Then you look at Will Hardy. So this is an underrated storyline from... The offseason. Now, I talked to Kevin O'Connor about this a couple of weeks ago in terms of are we underplaying the loss of Will Hardy? Because remember, Will Hardy was Ime Adoka's lead assistant. Okay, 34 years old. He gets the job with the Utah Jazz as their head coach with Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge was at a lot of playoff games, remember. 
Danny Ainge was sitting behind the bench. This is what I can tell you, and this is not to sound incredibly hyperbolic, but Will Hardy was like the only guy that was talking to Ime during the games, okay? He was the guy that was getting in his ear. He was the guy that was getting out of his seat. He was the guy that was talking to Ime Adoka during the games. So naturally, if this situation presents itself, Will Hardy was the lead assistant. He would have taken this job. He would have been the head coach of the team. He's the guy that was clearly ready to take over as a head coach. The evidence of that would be now he's the head coach of the Utah Jazz. Now he's no longer part of the equation. So that means the Celtics have to determine who the hell is going to be their head coach. And as I told you off the top here, it's going to be Joe Missoula. Okay, so he gets the promotion as Woj is reporting the interim head coach. He was just upgraded to a bench role this offseason. Remember, if you're watching the Celtics games last year, Joel Mazzulla is behind the bench. He's not even on the bench. Like, we're talking about Will Hardy being the right-hand man to Ime Adoka. Mazzulla is behind the bench. He doesn't even have a seat on the bench, right? So he gets upgraded to the interim head coach, as reported right now from Adrian Wojnarowski. No final announcement, of course, from the Celtics yet. So... The resume on him, he played at West Virginia. I do remember watching him in college because at the time he played for West Virginia, which was in the Big East, and he played Syracuse a couple of times when I was there. And I do remember he played with like a bum shoulder or something, a compromised limb of some sort. I mean, the the guy is incredibly tough. I give him that. But here's the resume. He's been with the Celtics since 19, previously with the main Red Claws from 16 through 17. So, and then he was at Fairmont State in between that. So 16 through 17 with the Red Claws, 19, he's been here with the Celtics. He was also considered for that Utah job. Of course, we know that Will Hardy was, at the time, the more established candidate, but he was up for that job nonetheless. So here's my question. Why Joe Missoula over Mighty Mouse Damon Stoudemire, who, by the way, was on the bench last year, and Ben Sullivan? Okay, Sullivan, Hawks assistant from 14 through 18, Bucks assistant 18 through 21, and he came over with Ime Adoka last year, or he came on to Ime's staff. Same thing with Damon Stoudemire. I remember he had previously been the head coach at Pacific, and then he joined the Celtics coaching staff. Okay, so here's the thing I would wonder. Now, obviously, Missoula has a lot of fans. Danny Ainge is a fan. A lot of people at the Celtics organization are clearly a fan, but I do wonder this. He is the carryover, right? So Missoula was with the Celtics in 19 when Brad Stevens was the head coach of the team, right? So Missoula was here and he coached under Brad Stevens, or at least he was part of the staff under Brad Stevens. Damon Stoudemire and Sullivan were not. I'm not saying that is definitively why they made that decision, but it just is interesting to look at sort of the resumes of these guys and say, why did they go with Missoula over Damon Stoudemire and Ben Sullivan? And obviously, Brad has a better feel for all these guys than anybody else would. But obviously, he has more familiarity with Missoula more so than anything else. Now, here are some of the challenges, right? You think about this, a first-year head coach in Joe Missoula, who's 34 years old, 34 years old. I get it, same, year, uh, same age, rather, as Will Hardy. But Will Hardy's got a long resume in the NBA. He's been working in the league for a while, right? Big personalities and a deep team. That's what the Celtics have, right? I mean, you think about this now. The Derek White, Brogdon, smart closing lineup. Like, you got to pick two of those three guys. Maybe sometimes it's only got to be one of those guys on the floor. When Ime does something like that, nobody's messing with Ime. Ime's a strong personality. Now, maybe Joe Mazzulla turns out to be the same thing, but we know nobody is fucking with Ime, okay? Ime had this aura, and look, maybe I'm exaggerating this, but just the size of Ime, he's sort of an intimidating figure. You don't want to challenge Ime Adoka, and now you got Joe Mazzulla, he's delivering this message. And this is a team, remember, too, that has complained a shit ton. 
going back to last season. Remember, like, and Ime couldn't even control it. So what are the Celtics going to be like with the officials next year? The Grant Williamses of the world. And even Jason Tatum, the best player on the team, they can play in like crazy. That's another thing that he's going to try to reel in. Okay, and then the other situation is this, just in terms of, and this isn't just a Joe Missoula thing. This is a Celtics thing in general. Remember what happened in the offseason. Jalen Brown was in a ton of trade rumors, or not a ton, the main trade rumor, Kevin Durant. He's been in rumors before, whether it be Anthony Davis, whether it be Kawhi Leonard, whether it be Jimmy Butler, all these, Paul George, all these trade rumors, right? Jalen liked a tweet that said that he's underappreciated. Brad Stevens comes out after it. Oh, this never got serious and all that, blah, 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 right? We heard that from Brad Stevens. Now, whether or not that's true or not, it doesn't really matter. The point is that it was out there that Jalen Brown was in trade rumors. Now, maybe Brad talked to Jalen. This is all well and good, but Jalen is... (laughs) getting ready to get a big-time contract extension, and what if he becomes unhappy with the situation, right? So that's another thing that Missoula has to handle, again, without having that huge personality in Ime Adoka. Okay, and then how about this? What about Brad? Why does Brad not just come down? Would you consider Brad, would you want Brad to be the head coach? Because we, we know what it is as a tactical guy. So pros and cons to Brad. Cons. It appeared he lost the locker room, right? The message got stale. Another con, the Bernie Sanders offense, right? Where everybody gets a shot. If you go back to the bubble, you had five players on that team that got at least 10 field goal attempts per game of the postseason. That's not how the NBA works. That's why I applaud Ime for developing a hierarchy and a food chain with this team. Tatum gets the most shots, Jalen Brown the second most shots, and everybody else falls into place after that. That's how the NBA operates. Not with Brad. He was the Bernie Sanders of offense in the NBA. And then the other portion of the equation is would he change some of the things that he may implement? Because, of course, he is or he wasn't established. Brad was a really good head coach. I get it got bad at the end there in terms of just the relationships and some of the dynamics. Not the relationships. I shouldn't say that, but the dynamics, right? It didn't appear the message was getting through. So that's all part of the equation in terms of what will be the con of Brad coming down. Plus, he's got to run the team. So is he going to do both jobs at the same time? That's awfully difficult to do. I mean, we saw Doc Rivers try to do that with the Clippers, and that was a flat-out embarrassment. And by the way, how about Doc today? He's got his own situation going on with some of the likes he had on social media. Now this email thing comes out. I mean, that guy, everyone's going to forget about that. But nonetheless, the pros or the reasons for Brad to step in. The staff has really no experience, right? If you're talking about from a head coaching perspective, and I get technically Will Hardy wouldn't have either, and Ime didn't have head coaching experience prior to last year, but those guys are established NBA assistants. Joe Mazzulla is not really that. Again, he wasn't on the bench last year. He was behind the bench. Who's drawing up like an ATO, after timeout play for this team? Brad was really good at that. Ime became really good at that. They had Hardy as their right-hand man. Who's doing some of the tactical stuff? And then is a title contender going to be led by a 34-year-old with essentially no head coaching experience whatsoever. And then think about this. We saw the Celtics go through battles in the postseason last year, whether it be the Heat, whether it be the Bucs, and of course they lose to the Golden State Warriors. But what if you have to play Eric Spolstra in the postseason if you're the Celtics with Missoula? And look, maybe he turns out to be a really good coach. I'm not ruling out that possibility, but we knew about Ime. He is a really good head coach. He proved that last year. He's a really good coach. You felt comfortable going into the series, even if you said, okay, based on the championships that Spolstra has won and the equity, you could argue he's the best coach in the NBA. You say, okay, he has the coaching advantage, but you don't say like, okay, he's going to coach circles around Ime Adoka. Nobody felt that way whatsoever, right? 
But the point being now, you get a guy that we know really nothing about in terms of his personality as a head coach. Quite frankly, we don't know anything about his personality because it's not like he's talking a lot to the media. How about Missoula against a team that isn't as talented as the Celtics, like Nick Nurse and the Raptors, where we know that Nick Nurse gave Brad Stevens a headache, a migraine in the bubble. I mean, that series should have never gone seven games. And I attribute a lot of that to Nick Nurse. Now you can say some of the guys were younger, the Tatums of the world, et cetera. But the overwhelming point being, you just have so many questions with Missoula. And if you look at this team going forward, this is a title-made team. And really, what has happened this offseason? You felt so good. Do you remember at the beginning of the offseason? You picked up Gallo. Oh, great. They have spacing. They have a shooter. Then they trade for Brogdon, right? Or I should say they signed Gallo and they traded for Brogdon. You're like, whoa, they needed more playmaking. Hold on. We got the playmaking. You got the shooter in Gallo. And you're like, okay, cue the duck boats. Get the duck boats ready. These are the two things the Celtics were missing ever since that. Gallo done for the season after we thought it was just, remember, in that FIBA tournament, we thought it was, or whatever that tournament was over in Europe, we thought it was a meniscus issue. It turns out to be a complete tear. He's done for the season. There goes your shooting. There goes your spacing that you were so excited about. Okay, then you have the whole Jalen Brown, Kevin Durant situation. And even if you were in the camp that you wanted to trade for Kevin Durant, we told you earlier about the contract, you got to acknowledge this is somewhat of an issue with the team that they had to deal with. Okay, Robert Williams then has surgery. And it felt like they rushed him back last year in the postseason, especially to play against the Nets, who you knew you were going to beat after you were already up two games to none. And now he needs another procedure on the knee. And you just worry about him long term because he's always dealing with injuries. And how long is it going to take him to be the Rob that we remember for the majority of last season? Because remember this, once he started being Rob in the finals, he was unbelievable. You could argue he was the Celtics best player in the NBA finals, but it took him a while to get to that stage. And then it's just getting him to the finish line. This is going to be a question every single year of Robert Williams' career. So then you had that situation. And of course, the big one that started last night into today, the Ime Adoka situation, where you have an up-and-coming head coach that took this team to the NBA Finals, and now you're dealing with all this stuff off the court. The Celtics are surrounded by controversy because of this whole situation with Ime Adoka. Still waiting on a lot of the details that are going to come out, but it just feels like, man, you felt like this team was so close to an NBA championship, and you felt so good about the offseason, and ever since the trade for Malcolm Brogdon, everything has sort of gone in the wrong direction for the Celtics team. And here we sit today, which just unbelievable last night, seeing that stuff come down, follow it on Twitter. And it's just like unbelievable that this team finds itself in this spot right now. And I know like people today across the country, I know here locally, it's been crazy, just tossing out hot takes left and right. I mean, it's tough to really do that when we don't have all the information. I do think that some of the reporting in this was ridiculous. Like, Woj putting up the face in the Twitter. I don't know what the heck that was about. Everybody trying to find out who the woman was and basically putting that out there on social media without actually having it founded. To me, that was quite frankly irresponsible. But right now, we're waiting for more news. And as this thing goes on, we'll certainly bring it to you because we're going to have a lot more to react to here in the next week and change, really in the next 48 hours and change. All right, we will be back with you before the weekend. Steven Ruiz is going to join us to preview the Patriots and the Ravens. We'll get into Lamar and Mac Jones' struggles so far this season. Not Lamar's struggles, but definitely Mac's struggles. And any update on this email story, we'll certainly hop back on. And as always, make sure to leave a voicemail for us if you want to react to 
this story or after the Patriots game on Sunday when James White's going to be with us, 617-396-7172, 617-396-7172. Thanks so much to Jamie McClellan and Steve Cerruti for producing this podcast, and we'll chat in a couple of days. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC Pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.